Okay, let's get it. Welcome back, everybody, um, to the IKP, another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Um, we got a lot to get into today. The Michael Jordan doc, it was really interesting last night. I'm going to break that down, um, the political side, uh, the gambling aspect, and then some breaking news out of Dallas. Uh, Andy Dalton was, you know, Andy Dalton, the Cowboys agreed to a one-year deal with Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback. I'm going to tell you what that means for Dak and the Cowboys. <clears throat> some people think it's disrespectful. I'm going to give you my opinion on it. And we got some more football, some more NFL topics to get into today. I can't wait. Also, over and under, we're doing overs and unders today. Uh, that, that should be a pretty good segment with uh, three teams from the AFC. We're doing, I'm doing the AFC first, and then um, as we finish the AFC, I, you know, of course, I'll enter into the NFC. So without further ado, um, you know, we're going to talk about MJ. We're going to talk about the last dance, Doc. So let's get it started right now. Okay, so as I've already mentioned, you are you guys already know what we're gonna get into. I hope everybody's um doing healthy and well, staying safe. Um now so the the MJ doc last night was very compelling, it was interesting, um some of it was controversial. Uh we were looking for it. In this doc, I, I'm telling you guys, even if you're not a basketball fan, a basketball lover, or an MJ lover or whatever, this is a great doc. You get a lot of insight, you get a lot of great this a lot of great pointers in this doc. This is a great doc, so I would encourage everybody to tune into it if you have not already tuned in to the first six episodes because, I mean, they are really good. They're compelling. Uh, they give you the inner life of Michael Jordan. I mean, back in his heyday, back when he was playing, Michael Jordan was very secretive. He was very private. He kept his off-the-court life very private. So this is just a door opening to seeing who the real Michael Jordan was. So now last night, uh, doing throughout the, I think the biggest take on the, on the documentary last night, on the last dance documentary last night was Jordan not, was Jordan, um, not, uh, being vocal enough politically as a, as a, as a star athlete, uh, people thought that, Hey, Jordan should have been more, you know, he should have been more political, uh, outspoken, more politically outspoken, um, similar to the likes of Muhammad Ali, um, and now LeBron James, how they speak out on social, uh, on show, on social justice issues or political issues of such people think that Jordan should have been more outspoken, especially when it came to, uh, the Senate, the race to Senate in North Carolina in 1990, um, with, versus Jesse Hems, um, uh, you know, if Jesse Hems, he has a political, you know, politician, but he has, uh, he has a, he has a regrettable past, uh, in that doc, you can, you, in that doc, they talk about the things he stands for and, you know, just, just not being, um, not just not being somebody that you wouldn't want to vote or support. Most people with uh, most people with good common sense and um, and just the, the and just the knowing of doing the right thing and with right morals wouldn't vote for that type of person, of course. So I mean, and this is my thing. I never understood why we try to turn athletes into politicians. Uh, I mean, I and I get it. Muhammad Ali, everybody. Lo- I mean, people love the fact that Muhammad Ali spoke out. I think there was some. Pro- I think there was some pros 
uh, with Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was a boxer. He was in, he was in the individual sport. So he kept controversy swir swirling, and that's good. That's great for pop for boxing, and that's great for pay per view because you know you're gonna tune in, your people are gonna buy in, they're gonna buy into the fights. Similar to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather has a um, you know his his outside of the ring, his life has been um. It's mixed. It's some mixed emotions, you know, as far as what he does outside of the ring. But it brings people into into his field, and that's why he's that's why he's so box office every fight. But with Jordan, it's a team sport. With Jordan, he's not just representing Michael Jordan himself. He's representing the Bulls. He's representing McDonald's. He's representing Nike. He's representing Gatorade. Jordan was representing the NBA. He was the face of the NBA. And I just think why make athletes politicians? If they want to if if you you should be able to I'm not, and I'm not saying athletes stay in your lane. I'm not saying athletes shouldn't come out and talk about these things, but you should have the right to talk about these things. And if Michael Jordan don't want to talk about those things, which he didn't do in his career, then it's that's fine. That's fine with me. If LeBron is, is if LeBron is different, and he wants to, in which he is, and he wants to come out and talk about these political issues or what's going on in the politic world, let him let, let LeBron do that. But I'm not. I, I'm. But I don't think. I don't know what who came up with this rule that um that uh that that athletes should speak out on uh, on politics. And sometimes it doesn't do. The athlete any justice, and some athletes, most most athletes, just want to be an athlete and play the sport that they love and get paid for it. That's what they want to do. I mean, some athletes they take on different um different different businesses and different uh you know things that that entertains them. Damian Leonard's a great rapper. Let him be a great rapper and a great basketball player. Damian Leonard doesn't have to touch. On, uh, on 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 political issues and what he thinks about uh, the POTUS, like nobody nobody's asking for that. But I don't know why people ask up that from athletes. Um, I think sometimes when athletes do step out about you know talk out, I, I think sometimes athletes can come. I don't think they um articulate themselves well enough uh, towards the masses where their message is being heard and their message is being vibrant. I think uh, typically athletes, when they do choose to speak out, I don't think their message is delivered clearly enough. Um, and some athletes just may not have the, may have the full knowledge of the political realm. So at that time, like Jordan said, he was he 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 he, he admired he 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 thanked that. He thank he was thankful for Muhammad Ali and what he did, and it was it was it was really brave of him. But that wasn't Michael. That wasn't Mike. Like he said, that was not his makeup. He wanted to be seen as a basketball player, and I understand it. I don't know why. I don't know why we force athletes to be to be to be politicians. I I don't understand it. But it I find I mean I didn't have nothing wrong. I didn't see nothing wrong with him. Not um not not. Voicing his opinion or not having an opinion um, on 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 political issues, it doesn't diminish his legacy. Uh, also, he was very charitable. He he gave donations. Uh, so, and that I think with him not choosing a side, with him working within corporate America, like I said, uh, it showed you yesterday. He had Nike endorsements, of course, the Air Jordans, uh, McDonald's, and Gatorade, and the Bulls, and the NBA. So he's not just representing himself, unlike Muhammad Ali and boxers. When you're playing, when you're in an individual sport, you're representing, you're representing yourself. And in that particular sport, as far as boxing, controversy is it, it's it's good. It equals it equals box office. It, it it equals box office. So it worked for boxing, and it works for boxers such as Muhammad Ali. But with Jordan, you know, what if he was? What if he did choose a side? I don't know if his brand would elevate as much as it has today because with him not choosing a side, and there's there's no if you're working in corporate America and you're not choosing a side, everybody is willing to work with you. 
everybody is willing to work with you. Is, is willing to work with you because you're not choosing a side. You're not saying hey, I'm Democrat. You're not saying hey, I'm Republican. You're not saying none of those things. You're just you're you're mutual. You don't really say anything about it. You don't touch on political issues, which is fine. And I mean that might stunt. You know that might. St- I think LeBron it's he's surely on his way. Uh, after basketball to being successful. I'm, I'm sure that he, LeBron has entered into uh, numerous of business ventures, and I'm sure he'll be just fine after basketball. But I think the thing that gave Jordan the, 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 the I, I guess, the comfort after basketball and him still making big-time bucks after basketball is because he never chose a side. Everybody likes Mike. Corporate America, so when he's in this, when he's in corporate America, they don't see him as oh he's he's on the left wing or he was on the right wing. He they, they don't see that. They don't see that because he doesn't talk about it. Then LeBron, you know, he talks about it. And just just this last year with the China with the China incident, Daryl Morey came out and said, hey, Daryl Morey came out and tweeted one tweet cost the NBA billions of dollars. LeBron tried to back it up. LeBron, you know, he LeBron backtracked. And LeBron even, you know, LeBron received a lot of heat. And then we found out LeBron has money tied into them, money tied into China. So when you're, when you're, so it's, it's an average player or an average entertainer can come out and say these type of things and have their opinions on political issues because they're average. They're replaceable. Um, you, you, you're a bench player. You are a second string quarterback. You're average. You're average at what you do. But with Michael Jordan, the, the, the statue that Michael Jordan holds or held in the NBA, excuse me, in the NBA, as far as being the face of the NBA and uh, being the face of Nike, he was the face of companies of like mega companies. He was the face of McDonald's, the face of Nike, the face of, of, of the NBA, the face of the Bulls. So it's it's totally different. It's it's coming from a different standpoint. I know that certain in, in certain um, in certain industries, you if you're on t- television, you can't you know as far especially in the sports world. If you're on television in the sports world, you you can't like there there may be a con there may some there may be something in your contract which prohibits you from picking one side or being pro Trump or being pro Hillary like. That that it's uh, there's probably something there in your contract that prohibits you from doing that. So I think you know you know this Jordan thing with you know some people it from the looks of it from the I was looking at the internet last night. People you know that they don't like the fact that Jordan didn't speak out enough. Similar to like you know they want they want him to speak out like LeBron does. But hey, that is LeBron's makeup. But even with LeBron, LeBron wasn't speaking out. He wasn't talking about political issues his first seven seven years in in Cleveland. His first seven years in Cleveland, he wasn't talking about political issues. No, LeBron later in his career, the last few years have just now started. You know, he I, I I'm, I'm assuming that he's been um he's been doing a lot of researching, a lot of learning about the political realm and field, and he's just now starting to talk about political issues. Just a few years, you know, just a few years, and he's all in. He you know he's been taking political stances, but LeBron is LeBron was his first few years in Cleveland, first few years in NBA, he wasn't taking, he wasn't saying I'm pro this, he wasn't saying I'm left wing or right wing, he wasn't saying none of these things. He was quiet, didn't speak on political issues. So you know we got to see, you got to you got you got to be able to tell who talk who talks about it and when they talk about it. Because LeBron, he started talking about, he started, I think his, one of his first, the, the first few I remember was the Trayvon Martin situation when the Heat, you know, they, they had their hoods on and LeBron made his little stance right there. How many NBA players actively, that's, how many, how many of them do, do speak out on political issues other than the older guys like Chris Paul, D-Wade, LeBron, um, you know, Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr's dad was a diplomat, and Greg Popovich comes from a militant, from a militant background. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I like the fact that Jordan wasn't 
uh, you know, apologetic about it either. He was like, this is just who I am. I chose this. I, 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 I'm, and trust me, I'm not the guy that says shut up and dribble. I'm not that type of guy. But you should be able to choose if you want to speak about the political issues or if you don't. I, you know, you should have a choice and option. I don't know why we just, we just thrust the spotlight onto athletes uh, to speak out on political issues. I don't know why. Um, and I, I just like the fact that he was so unapologetic. Uh, he said he didn't like Isaiah Thomas. That's what he meant. He had the gambling problem. That's what he had. He chose gambling. That's what he chose. Didn't want to speak out about political issues. That's what he did. <laughs> that's what he did. And, you know, his brand has elevated to a whole nother level. Um, as far as athlete, his brand, as far as in sports, is by far the biggest. I've talked about this um, a couple weeks ago about Jordan's brand being the biggest. And him not choosing a side him not speaking out politically, um, I think has helped that. I think has helped that and has elevated that because in corporate America he can move and he can he can move and rotate and talk in any circle because he did not choose a political. He did not choose um, a side politically. He didn't speak out on a side politically. Another thing, I, I, I said this earlier, but some athletes just don't feel comfortable because they don't. They even don't. They don't know all of the, the, the knowledge that, you know, that you would need to know in the political realm. Some athletes just don't think they have the knowledge to articulate themselves well enough uh, or, or deliver a message uh, well when it, comes to, when it comes to the masses, when it, you know, when, it, when it goes into the masses, into the world, into the political realm. Some athletes just may not, may feel like they, they're not uh, articulate enough in that particular subject or in that matter to um to express that to the masses. And I understand it. I feel it. I, I understand it greatly. Understand it greatly and tremendously. Uh I'm a, I'm gonna talk more about um well I'm gonna talk more about Jordan's doc um in the last dance uh with uh, with Isaiah Thomas. We're gonna talk more about that. Um, and him being, Isaiah Thomas being left off the dream team, this is the last time, it seems like we've been talking about Isaiah Thomas a lot, but this is the last time we're going to talk about Isaiah Thomas, hopefully, uh, and that's no, that's no shot, no shade to Isaiah Thomas, I'll be back after a quick break. Okay, so like I said on my previous, we talked about Jordan and um, and the political issues. I told you guys how I felt. I thought I think that I think that's a perfect position position to have. Now with Isaiah Thomas um, and the Dream Team, they brought him back up again because last night on episodes four, episodes five and six, excuse me, uh, they were. As they were documenting the 98 season and the Bulls going into the playoffs and the Bulls entering all-star break and all that and so forth, they also was documenting at the same time the 92 and 93 seasons where the, the Bulls would eventually three-peat. And in the midst of that, they talked about, they talked about the apparent rise of Jordan, um, not just in the U.S., but overseas uh, due to the Dream Team. And then that's when the Dream Team came in, of course, the big we all know about Isaiah Thomas not being on the excuse me not being on the dream team, and I'm glad that they cleared the air last night. Uh, many of these legends like Magic Johnson and Charles Barkley have came on TV and said, "Hey, um, Isaiah was a great player. It's no doubt about that. He's a top fifty. He's a he's a top fifty greatest player of all time. Uh, he's one of the top point guards of all time. Not the best." Um, but he's definitely a top five point guard of all time. But all of the all of the relationships that would have had to take place on that team, because remember that team hung out together, played together, practiced together, lived together. That Isaiah just wouldn't fit. He just wouldn't fit. Isaiah wouldn't fit. He would not fit on that team. He had, like I said, Larry Bird. He had the Larry Bird issue, and then the Magic Johnson issue. Then of course Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, those Bulls teams. Uh, it did Carmelo. He had to call him on. So 
There's a lot of guys on that USA team that did not like him besides Michael Jordan. So, they, like, I, I, you know, I'm glad that they cleared up that air. Let me go into this. With the Cowboys, the, nat- the latest news out of Dallas with Andy Reid, or Andy Reid, Andy Dalton going to Dallas as a backup. They signed him to a one-year deal. And what does this mean for Dak Prescott? So all you Dak Prescott, okay, let me, let me, let me say this. And I don't know how much I can make this, like, how clear I can make this. But with Dak, I like Dak. But I don't love Dak. Dak is not a superstar type caliber quarterback. And when people come out about these comments, oh, Dak, you know, he's getting disrespected by the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, they've been, they've, they've, they've just been doing Dak dirty. Yes, Dak has been reliable. Dak is, he, he has a winning record as a starting quarterback. He has had and experienced some success. But uh, um, ex- he has great online, great running backs, great, great receivers. He's, he, he's had talent around him. And, and, and get this, Dak, let's, let's just be honest. Dak had the best team in his division. He had the best supporting cast in his division last year. He went 8-8. Eight eight. Carson Wentz Carson Wentz had the band. Carson Wentz carried and put the Eagles on his back. I heard that Carson Wentz had so many had back injuries because he was carrying. He put the Eagles on literally on his back and carried them to the playoffs. Dak, again, and you go back and listen to it during the regular season. I told you guys, the biggest games for Dak was going to be the games down the stretch where it was he had to go against New England, New England and Philly. He had the better O-line, running game, receivers. He had better he had better he just had a better supporting cast offensively than anybody between Brady and Wentz and still did not get the job done. He had zero touchdowns and it's just unacceptable. And it's not like the Cowboys haven't offered Dak a contract. They've offered Dak, they offered Dak a contract worth $105 million guaranteed. That is not disrespectful. That is, that, that's showing a lot of love. $100 million guaranteed? A lot of love right there. So I don't understand the, I don't understand the fact that people are saying, oh, I, uh, Dak is disrespected. They're disrespected Dak. No, they have not. They have they they offer him a hundred and five million dollar guaranteed contract. And what we and if you and what I need you guys to understand is when we're talking about these, especially these NFL contracts, because in the NBA money's guaranteed, baseball the money's guaranteed. But in the in, in the NFL, when you look at these contracts, you must look at the guaranteed dollars. Don't look at if somebody if somebody says, hey, um. Uh, so and so got paid five years, $120 million, $60 million guaranteed. That player's probably not gonna take home that $120 mil. He's probably not gonna take home that. Look at that guaranteed dollar amount. Look at that dollar amount, the guaranteed dollar amount. Don't look at the length. The length doesn't is, is irrelevant, and the, the total amount is irrelevant because most likely that player is not gonna take home all. all all of that $120 million. So let's get over that. And also with Dak, I know he, he, he's, he's definitely outperformed his contract, his current contract, of course. But let's not act like being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback hasn't helped his brand. Like, the first, the Cowboys is the most notable sports franchise in the world. Like, in the world. Not just in, in this country. In the world. And he's the quarterback of it. He's the face of that. Imagine being the face of, a, of the most popular franchise in your particular industry in the world. Yes, endorsements are going to come. Chunky Soup. I see a lot of endorsements. He has the sleep number, Pepsi. I see a lot of endorsements for Dak. So I, don't, I, I'm, I know Dak has outperformed his contract as a fourth rounder. I know um, guys that have been drafted ahead of him that has made more money than him. I understand all of that. But with a, in a hard cap league, in a hard cap league, that is that, that that is extremely difficult to buy into a guy that is um that that you you're paying for what you think he's worth and what you think he's gonna do in the future. And right now, 
I, I always tell you guys this. Right now, the quarterback position, it, it, well, forever, the quarterback position is the most important position in the game. And Carson Wentz right now has proven to be a top five quarterback talent. He's proven to be a top tier quarterback, quarterback talent. Dak has not proved that yet. And I know he's done a lot in a young career, and he's he's overachieved. I understand that, but he has not shown that same that 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 he hasn't shown the same glimpses of Carson Wentz. And it's just facts. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not he's not Russell Wilson. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not one of those guys. He's not one of those guys. So. I, you know, when people say it's disrespectful, first, it's not disrespectful. It, it's not. They often got $100 million guaranteed. I'm sure a lot of people would love to be, would love to be guaranteed $100 million. I'm sure a lot of people would. That was not disrespect. When somebody offers you $100 million, that is not disrespect. That is, um, that, that's showing the utmost respect. Um, and, and Dak is just, you know, he's, he thinks he's a little bit, he's, he's, more, he's worth that. Um, I, I typically don't. I think a lot of media people tend to agree with me that uh, he's just not worth that pretty that pretty penny that he is so desiring of. But hey, he he's fighting it. His his, his owner, I mean, his agent and him and and himself, they're they're they're, they're, they're trying to battle for this for the, um, you know, get their get get what he think he's worth. Um, and Cowboys. The, Front office and the organization and the fans. I mean, they got a great backup. They got a good backup and they got a good backup in Andy Dalton. And it's a good, it's a good financial move. It's a good business move. Um, also, I would encourage you to look at Andy Dalton's first four years and, and Dak Prescott's first four years. Very comparable. Very comparable. Look at those numbers: wins, uh, touchdowns, interceptions, uh, yards per game, completion percentage. Very comparable, just in about the same. It's it's, it's in the same uh, ballpark for most of those stats. Uh, same amount of wins or close uh, close amount of wins. I, I you know I'm telling you guys. Hey, and plus don't get don't don't say Dak Prescott's a winner. Don't don't say that because you got to have more substance. You need more substance than that. Yeah, Dak Prescott's a winner. You know who else is a winner? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's a winner. But T- Tim Tebow was not good enough to be an uh, to be an efficient passer down the field, an effective passer down the field. But he won a lot of games. So what does that mean? Alex Smith won a lot of games for Kansas City. Alex Smith won a lot of games for Kansas City. Andy Reid had to move off him. Andy Reid got a he, he moved off of Alex Smith and brung in they dra- they already drafted and they started an electrifying talent in Patrick Mahomes and they won a damn Super Bowl. Come on, don't hit me with the. Uh, he's a winner. No, uh, uh, it's a lot of guys that that wins a lot of games and and and, and don't pull up empty calorie stats. And that's what Dak. That, I mean, some people t- allude that that's what Dak did this year. Empty calorie stats. Stats. I call it the Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins. That's all he did in Washington. Empty stats. Empty calorie stats. En- empty calories. Empty calorie stats. He would. He, he stat padded like crap. Um, so let's move on. So Cam Newton, once again, I've been proven right. I've been proven right. Cam Newton, to this day, May 4th, is after the draft, after free agency, is still not, um, still not a starter. Still doesn't have a job yet. And I just want to preference this. I'm not, I don't know Cam Newton, but I can only tell from the inside out. I'm from the outside in, looking in. From the outside looking in, not serious. Uh, and it's okay, not serious, not all in. Um, typically hurt, injury prone, athletically blessed. But, uh, you know, he, he, like I said, the reason why guys like Teddy Bridgewater and Nick Foles the reason why these type of guys continue to get jobs is not because they're the most talented guys, Case Keenum. It's not because they're the most talented guys, but they are they are grown men in a room where they can help 
uh, younger players adapt to a culture that's try that's that's being built. And you know, if you look at the situation, the climate in Carolina, that wasn't perfect for Cam. I mean, Matt, I, I already discussed this with what Matt Rule had said. It, that wasn't a perfect place for Cam. So when when so this is what I mean, with Cam. I'm, when 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 the internet said, "Oh, there's gonna be when when the when the Panthers cut Cam, they release Cam." When the internet said, "Oh, Cam Newton, it's gonna be <laughs> every, it's gonna be a lot of buyers out there in the market." Nah, hell no, nope, nope, nope. The market is looking really dry for Cam Newton right now. It's looking really dry. He's had ankle, he's had shoulder surgery, un- and he's unwilling. And I heard now this report, he's unwilling to take a backup job. Me personally, as a GM, as a coach, I wouldn't want a celebrity as a backup either. So I'm I'm fine with him not wanting, not willing to take a backup job, but he also does have to understand and not and not have a nostalgic mindset um, because he's no longer uh, the the MVP type player that he was uh, in 2015. That everybody that that's the that's the year that every Cam Newton supporter. Likes to visit. Um, that's his. That's his long great year. That is his only great year where you can point to it was like Cam was a great quarterback that year, that season. He was a great quarterback. But you can't look at his. You can't look at the totality of his career and say he was a good quarterback. You got to say he was average. Look at his. Guess what his win loss total was after the 2015 season, 23 and 23. So he's average. He's at, he was average or a little bit below average before the MVP season, um, and he was and he's and he's been average since his MVP season. Um, and he's a great athlete, and he was a, he was such a renowned figure coming out of college. And he has he's he's grabbed and uh, he has a, a cult following, a, a great fan base, and they support him on the internet. You guys support Cam Newton. And I understand it because when you fall in love with somebody, when you're a fan of somebody, you you support them. Even when they're not at their best, you support them. But you also got to be able to tell the truth. You got to be able to see the truth. And Cam, if you you could just, you could look at the numbers, you can look at the eye, if you're a person that like to do the eye test, you can even ta- you can even see it in Cam's throwing mechanics that he has taken a step back. And he is no longer an MVP caliber quarterback. And that's no shot against him. That, that, that is no blatant shot against him. But it is what it is. That's just the fact of the matter. He has not been, a, he's not been an elite quarterback. He's, a, he's an elite athlete. But he has not been an elite quarterback um, consistently. He has not shown that consistently. And like I said, he has a great fan base. So you guys are going to support him. You're going to keep him uplifted. You guys are going to root for him. You guys are going to say, oh, the, the league is doing Cam dirty. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. Jameis Winston just took a backup job. Andy Dalton just took a backup job. And, but I, now, here goes, the, here goes some great news for Cam. What is going to probably happen is, uh, I'm not wishing injury on nobody, but what is, I mean, injuries just happened, though. What is what is probably going to happen is one of these quarter one of these starting quarterbacks get injured and Cam comes into the play and Cam a team's going to need a quarterback and Cam's going to be an open market and then that's where Cam's going to get his starting job. So so that's probably what's going to happen and how it's go, and how Cam is going to land a starting job. I told you, people were saying oh Cam to the Chargers. I told you guys Tyrod Taylor. Even though he's been in some rebuilding situations, he's won a lot of games. He's gotten to the playoffs before. He's led a team to the playoffs before. So the Chargers like him. You, you guys, you, so you, I, shot, I shot that Chargers idea down. You guys try to say New England. I said, no, it's not going to work. Belichick, Cam, they would clash. Them two personalities would clash. Uh, Belichick is focused. Cerebral, Cam is lackadaisical and silly. <laughs> Belichick is efficient and consistent. Cam is inconsistent and inefficient. 
That and that's just been that's just who Cam is. That's just who Cam is. And I, so I shot down the Chargers idea, uh, the New England idea. I don't I don't know. You know, maybe he goes to Jacksonville. Uh, that that you know he could sell tickets. Jacksonville need to sell tickets. But I mean, he's going to Jacksonville. He's going to the bottom of the bottom. I don't even think Jacksonville. If you ask me, I don't even I don't even think Jacksonville would have a team um, in the next ten. 10 plus years or so. I mean, the way how that franchise has continued to hit rock bottom and now they're tanking on purpose with trading away just about every solid player that they have had. So, you know, uh, I'll be back. Um, we're going to talk about Mitchell Trubisky, another letdown. Um, and Joe Burrow, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about these two quarterbacks next after my quick break break. Um, and don't forget that I have a over and under for three AFC teams. I'm doing I told you guys I'm going to continue to do the over and unders for the um, AFC teams first. I do three a day. I, three, I do three every episode, um, and that's going to be how we do it. Now, it's, it's, going, to be a little, it's going to be a little uneven coming up, but um, we're going to do three. We're going to do three today. We're going to do three today. Bills, Ravens, Bills, Ravens, and Chargers. We're going to do three today from um, those respective divisions. I'll be back after this quick break. Like I said, we're going to talk about some Jabisky and Joe Burrow. Well, hey, I think Dak is a be- I think he's a better option and better fit for the Cowboys. But hey, the Cowboys got to do what they got to do. It's a great business move, a good business move. Um, Dak is still trying to look for his money. He's playing hardball, but I think Dak is obviously the better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Touching this MJ um, on the last dance documentary from last night. Obviously, Kobe Bryant was um, uh, the first, the beginning parts of part five. Uh, it, it talked about Kobe and uh, Jordan's relationship. It was gr- it was uh, it was it was good to see. Uh, obviously, we all know about the passing of Kobe Bryant um, in back in January, and then we saw Michael Jordan speak at his uh, his uh, memorial service. We saw Jordan. You know, talk and talk about their relationship then, um, and we were and even then when Jordan talked about Kobe and uh, his relationship, he was uh, open. He was open. He was open more than usual. And then last night, of course, the, the cameras were following Jordan um, throughout. Through, you know, throughout his '98, his last season with the Bulls, and we got to see some of the interaction between him and Kobe um, and. Uh, Kobe's perspective on the league, and I thought it was very interesting that when 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 Kobe was talking about first, I went two things. I found two things interesting. First, he's he he said he mentioned something about at that time he was a young player, and I talked about this after when Kobe when after Kobe passed, and I did the podcast on Kobe Bryant's legacy. I talked about this. I talked about this very same All Star game. Where Kobe was an all-star starter for the Western Conference, but wasn't wasn't starting for for, for the Los Angeles Lakers. I, how? Why? You say how and why? Well, David Stern said it last night. Well, when 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 they had the David Stern part and they were they were presenting Michael Jordan with the MVP trophy, they was like, "Uh, oh, we really don't. I'm not gonna get." David Stern jokingly said, "Hey, I'm not gonna give Jordan this this All Star MVP trophy until he says he's coming back because they didn't have a superstar. They didn't have the next young emerging star to that that was gonna carry the throne and carry the league. And no offense to Tim Duncan, no offense to um, all those." Great players that played at that time, 
But none of those guys had the personality, had the face, had all of the had the total package like Kobe to carry on the game, and that and that's what essentially made that's what essentially made Kobe an NBA All Star starter, an NBA All Star starter before him becoming a Lakers starter, because the fact that they needed a new fresh face that was going to carry the lead, that was going to carry the throne, the passing of the torch, um, and. You know, so I, I thought that was interesting, and when when and then he also Kobe also went went on to mention say, hey, when I was a young kid, coming in it was rough, it was tough, because it, these are a lot of older guys, these are a lot of veteran type of guys, these guys have made multiple All Star teams, and some of these guys have won titles, and they have made deep playoff runs. Where in today's game, you look at the All Star team, you're like, oh, Luca, Trey Young, it's a it's a bunch of young guys. It's a young, it's, and it's a young, it's, and it's very much a young, uh, young guys league in the NBA. And I so I th- I just thought that uh, that comparison and looking at it now and like looking at it then, yeah, a lot of older guys in the All Star game. You know, you got some young guys in that game too, but it was a lot of older guys. But look at some of these guys in the NBA now. They're 21, 22, 18, 19, young guys. So yes, the league the league is much younger um, today. <laughs> a lot of teenagers, and now uh, we got the G League getting high school players. So the league is even becoming much more younger and vibrant. Um, also, the last thing that I want to touch bases on with the Kobe and, and the and the MJ um, segment in the Last Dance is MJ said. I mean, Kobe said, "Hey, I wouldn't have five championships." Um, if it wasn't for Jordan, I would. So he, you know, he was urging, not urging his fans, but he was telling his fans and saying to his fans, "Hey, um, even though the fans may not like the MJ and Kobe comparisons, and you know how people say, oh, MJ Kobe is the closest thing to MJ as far as stylistically and how they play and how they talk and how they um carry themselves, it's true, and Kobe knows it's true, and Kobe admitted it, and the fans now need to admit it." And you know when because when people would say, "Hey, who's gonna be who could be who who would win who would win one on one, Jordan or Kobe?" Kobe's like, "Nah, nah, I'm not gonna answer. I'm not gonna answer because a lot of the, what I do, almost everything what I do, it's just like Michael Jordan. It came from Michael Jordan, so I'm not gonna do that." And that was uh, that was great to see. Now let's get into the Chicago Bears and Mitch Trubisky, uh, another guy that has flopped. So <laughs> and it's so funny. So because the previous podcast last week. We to end the week off. We talked about the importance and the misconception of number one picks. Albeit, Mr. Bisky was not the number one pick in the 2017 draft, but he was the number two pick in the 2017 draft. And the Chicago Bears moved all the way up to get him. And it's not the fact that they drafted him number two. I mean, that's a little bit of the portion that they drafted him number two. And and his, you know, these these past few years he has not lived up to that pick and now with with the bears declining his fifth year option it seems like next year they'll be going a different route hell maybe even this year they aren't be going a different route because if i was to ask you who's the better quarterback today nick Foles or mr biscuit i think a lot of people would say nick Foles, and i think they'll be right i would say nick Foles to this day right now is a better quarterback than Mr. Trubisky right now. Right now he is. Um and Chicago and remember when I was when, when I remember I got on I got on Chicago's front office. I got on their whole, I got in the I got on the entire front office and I said why 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 is this front office lying? Why 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 were the Bears front office lying to us saying, "Hey, we, hey, we're all in on Trubisky." We we want Trubisky. We're gonna build around Trubisky. And I was like, "Are you guys kidding me?" He's clearly he is clearly not the guy in Chicago. Um, and the latest move with his with with Chicago with the Bears declining his fifth year option is just it's it's icing on the cake to um to uh, to a point that we already knew. Mention Trubisky. Is not the guy, and now Chicago fans can say, <sighs> but still, 
It's not the fact that he um he was drafted number well that's the fact too that he was drafted number two and he was drafted so high and Chicago moved up to get him, but he was drafted in front of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. It seems like those two guys are on their way uh, to having they're already superstars and it seems like they're on their way to having Hall of Fame type careers. <laughs> so that's another downside and down point uh, from the Bears. Uh, not you know drafting Mr. Biscuit, not drafting one of those two guys because now um, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, like Patrick Mahomes just got one. Patrick Mahomes just won a Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson is dynamic and electrifying. He's won playoff games. He's going to the playoffs every year, uh, even with a bad defense in Chicago. And it's not like Trubisky's had bad teams. It's not like he's had bad teams. So this is how you know he's not the guy. It's not like he has had uh, a bad supporting cast and bad teams and bad coaching. Matt Nagy is one of the brightest offensive minds in football. He's had a, he's had a top 10 defense in certain years, in, in most years. He, he's had a nice running game. He's clearly not the guy. He is clearly not the guy. So he's definitely not the guy. Even when you can't, you can't produce with great, de- when you got a great defense, Great offensive-minded coach, weapons around you, still can't get it done. Mr. Bisky, uh, the Bears declined his fifth-year option, and it, 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 it's it's you know he's a bust. It's I think it's safe to say he's a bust. For given his draft spot, um, and and him always going to be linked with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, that because anytime you mention Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes' legacy. Uh, it, it, Trubisky is always going to be in there some kind, of, some kind of way because he was drafted before them. He was taken ahead of them. Chicago was, ver- was very adamant that this was the guy. I wasn't really sold on Trubisky because first, came from North Carolina. Um, he was a one-year one starter. And after one year, after him, I mean, he was obviously not a freshman when he got drafted. Um, but he, but he was there in North Carolina for a couple of years. But he was a one-year starter, and you know he had an okay, okay year at North Carolina that year. So I, I just never bought into the fact and bought into the hype with Trubisky. Chicago did, and now you know they're, they're they are admitting now that they have made a mistake. They have made a mistake. They are now admitting that they have made a mistake. Um, I also saw, um. Some odds come out for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. I'm going to explain why I don't think so. Now, I know that uh, I, I told you, Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati, big time move. Uh, Joe Burrow, we all knew he was going to get drafted number one. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm glad for him. Um, I'm also not, I'm not, I'm also, half of me is good and happy to see that he went number one, but the other half is me like, uh, praying for him because now, like I said, I've, I've, I've already, I talked about this last week when I talked about Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati, number one pick and all. I told you guys, Joe Burrow is going from the best supporting cast at LSU with the with 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 a great offensive mind, and now he's going to Cincinnati, a bottom a bottom tier franchise in the NFL, um, with an unproven young coach, in a in a really really good division, in a really good division. Like this division may very, very this division very well may have three. Playoff teams. I see three caliber playoff teams in this division. Uh, depending on what with if Ben Roethlisberger looks somewhat like Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh will be fine. Uh, they just they just need they just need they just need help at the quarterback position last year. But their defense was solid, and I like the weapons they have. Um, Baltimore, obviously, I think Baltimore is going to win this division. And then Cleveland, Cleveland has a really good roster on, on paper. I and I think they turned around with Kevin Stefanski. And I think Baker have a, a ter- I think he have a better year than he had last year. So he's so 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 Joe Burrow is going to a franchise that is all that was that has a lot of holes, a lot of gaps, a lot of a lot of things that still need to be fixed. 
Um, and with a supporting cast that I'm not so sure about. And he got to play against some good. He got to play against some talented defenses like Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. He has to play those defenses six times. And then not to mention whoever else Cincinnati might play. So, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a lot of hype surrounding Joe Burrow, given the fact that he's the number one pick and given the fact that he, the year that he's coming off of out of LSU. And I think, th- I think the ratings for Cincinnati and Cincinnati, they're going to draw a lot of eyes. They're going to get some primetime games because everybody want to see what Joe Burrow's going to do. But is he fa- should he be favored to win the, to win the rookie of the year? Uh, I don't think so. I would not favor him to to win rookie of the year. I, I me personally, I would not I would not favor him to win rookie of the year. I don't think um he has a supporting cast to win rookie of the year. Um yeah, I I, I just don't I, I just don't think he'll win rookie of the year. I'm sorry. He played against some good defenses, some talented teams with some uh, with some good coaches. Good coaches, and I just don't see the talent around enough talent around him to uh, to have a rookie type year. Now I'm not saying it can't happen. It can happen because you know Cincinnati probably went four four games. Cincinnati probably went four or five games, and um, Kyler Murray won Offensive Rookie of the Year. He won Rookie of the Year last year. Offense, he won, yeah, he won it last year, and he was um in. He played on a he played on a five win Cardinals team, so it can happen. But um, mm, I don't know for Vegas to be put out of odds such like that. I don't know. They may be telling us something. I'm not saying it though. Uh we're gonna I'm gonna talk about Don Shula a little bit, the passing of Don Shula, the legacy of that. Um, and then we're gonna jump into our over and under after this quick break. <laughs> Okay, so let's jump back back into it. Um, so Don Shula got the news um, today that Don Shula passed at 90 years of age. Hall of Fame coach uh, was also played DB. Hall of Fame coach though, coach the coach the Dolphins and the um, Baltimore Colts uh, for 33 years. Um, he was a Dolphins coach for 26 of those years, I believe. He was yeah, the Dolphins coach for 26 of those years. Um, in the 33 years of his professional career, uh, of his coaching career, rather, uh, he he only had two losing seasons. Two-time Super Bowl winning champ, um, four-time Coach of the Year um, recipient. Um, it, 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 you know, his legacy speaks for itself. I mean, winning as coach of all time, and he's certainly um, in, 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 in NFL history. <clears throat> uh, he's certainly... A top five coach of all time, no no doubt about it. Um, certainly a no 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 doubt about it. He's a top five coach of all time, and the coach of the sixteen and zero Dolphins team that went sixteen and zero. Um, we we are. I don't know if you are aware of that, but if you're not, he he was the coach of that team that went sixteen and zero. Um, during that season, he was the team that went. He was the coach of that team. Great team, great coach. Uh, I. Like I said, coach the land, coach Miami for twenty six years. That's he's he coached Miami as long. I mean, longer than I was living. You know? <laughs> so, um, you know, ninety years of age. That was a. I mean, hey, that's that's a that's a long life live. Um, his was definitely uh, great. So rest in peace to Don Shula. Rest in peace to him. Um, okay, so let's get into my over and unders for some a- for three AFC teams. I did this last week. Um, I did this with the Browns, the Dolphins, and I can't remember the Denver Broncos. I think it was the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos for last week. I told you guys the Broncos and the and the Dolphins are teams. Well, all three teams, Dolphins, Broncos, and Browns, will improve their record from last year. All three of those teams will improve their record from last year. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, if my overs and unders, 
First, we have the Ravens at 11 wins. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't think this is an over or under. I'm going to say push. So a push is perfect. It's, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the correct you know, win total right there. Push. Over, under, push. That's, the, that's like the median. Uh, now, I'm going to say push. I don't, think the, I don't think the Ravens will win more than 11 games. I think they will be a better team than they were last year. Uh, I think, but I think I do think um, no OTAs, first place schedule. People have caught on to Lam- to Lamar a little bit, but I think they're too talented of a roster not to win uh, ten plus eleven games. I don't. I don't. I think they 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 if they do go twelve and four, God bless them. But I, I, th- I just think in the first place schedule, um, in a much stronger division now in Cleveland, I think got better. Pittsburgh it got better. So in a in a much stronger and competitive division, I think they win eleven games. They won fourteen last year. That is t- typically that's hard to ask for. To win twelve games on a yearly basis is very difficult. I think Baltimore goes eleven and five, but I do like their roster. They have a first place schedule, but get this. In one possession games last year, Baltimore was five and one. So typically, in one possession games, you know it's it's usually luck dependent. Whoever has the ball last, you know, it's it's just one of those type of things. Are you home? Are you away? It, it you know. So usually, your back to back years, usually your record is not that good in one possession games. You you, you usually don't go five and one. Six and one in one possession games. Sometimes that might flip. And so, like this year, instead of them being five and one in possession games, they might be uh, four and three in one possession games. You know, and they might lose a couple of those one possession games. Uh, so, you know, that can change their record. But I still think this is a really good team. Um, on paper, this may very well be the best team in football. On paper. And just because their record will, um, their record won't, I don't, I, it would be hard for me to see them going 14 and 2 again. What, isn't that what they, yeah, it's hard for me to see, it's hard for me to see them going 14 and 2 uh, like they did last year. That typically doesn't happen in the NFL. It, it just does. It just, it just usually doesn't. Um, but 11 and 5, I think, is the correct total, win total for the Baltimore Ravens. I still think they, they are definitely among, the top uh, candidates with the Chiefs for the AFC crown this year. I definitely, I, just because I'm, just because they're, I, just because I think the Ravens record will be worse, a little bit worse than it was last year, even though it was terrific last year. I still think they, even though their record may not say it, but I think they will become a better football team than they were last year and much more prepared for the postseason. The next team is the Bills. The Bills are at nine wins. Um, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say over. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say the Bills go ten and six. Uh, now it would not. I wouldn't bet big money on this because their division with the Dolphins and Jets are much better. Even though the Patriots haven't filled their needs, they won't be like. God awful. They won't be hot garbage. So it's this like this is no this 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 division is like it's it's, it's no piece of cake. Um, they're also they're also a target. So now team, you know, Buffalo was a surprise team last year. Ah, they was a, they was a really surprise team last year. They lost Shaq 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 Lawson on defense. He was one of their better de- He's one of their better pass rushers on defense. Um, so they're not gonna catch nobody surprisingly off guard this year. They did get better with Stefan Diggs, adding some some playmaking ability on the perimeter to help Josh Allen. But like I like but like I just said, he has Josh Allen, young quarterback, still raw, getting better. So I, I you know, they're at nine wins. I must say over at ten and six, but it would not surprise me. If Buffalo turns out to be nine and seven, which is still relatively, which is still really good with a young and developing quarterback, st- still, still good. That's still a good record. 
Nine wins, I'm going to go over. Maybe I'm being too generous right here, but nine wins, I'm going to go over. Um, I'm going to go over. I think they go 10 and 6. Maybe I'm being a little too generous. Maybe. Maybe, but I would not bet huge money on that. I would not bet huge money on that. And lastly, oh, and they were able to keep both coordinators, Buffalo. They were able to keep both coordinators. Um, and, and I think they'll win. I think they'll win the division. I think that's a much safer bet. Them winning division, them winning the NF, the AFC East is a much safer bet than saying they'll go 10 and 6. I think they'll win the division, but um, they may very well go 9 and 7, but we're going to say 10 and 6. Uh, and then the Chargers at 7.5 wins. I'm going to go over. I, I think the Chargers, they win more than 7 games. I think the Chargers go uh, 9 and 7. I see the, I see the Chargers as a 9 and 17. Yes, they play in a tough division, and Tyvon Taylor is their quarterback, but Tyvon Taylor has a winning record. Um, and also, he won a lot of games. Tyvon Taylor has a winning record. And look at the two teams he played for. He played for Buffalo and Cleveland, two teams at that time that were rebuilding. And he got Buffalo back to the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. Uh, Tyvon Taylor is not as bad. His perception is he's a backup. But he's not as bad as you think. I think with this Chargers, with this Chargers, with these Chargers weapons that they have, they have rebuilt. Um, they have solved their O line issues. I think. I, I. I think the Chargers. This is an easy one. I think they win more than seven and a half. Seven and a half is their total. That's what Vegas is putting out as. I'm gonna go over. Over under. I'm gonna go over. I think they are at least an eight-win team, at least eight and eight. With a, and, and they have a last-place schedule, a last-place schedule, a quarterback with a winning record, and they have they, they have a stacked roster. I mean, their roster is stacked with receivers, tight end, O line, D line, secondary. Re, their roster is stacked with a last-place schedule. Huh? I like those odds. I'm gonna go. I think they're eight and eight. Or, or better. I think they win more than six, seven games this year. I think the Chargers. I think the Chargers win more than seven games this year. If you, if you take it into account that they have that they have a um, that they have a last place schedule, a winning quarterback, a winning starting quarterback with a winning record. He's a he's a bit he's a lot more more he's a lot more mobile and could do a lot of other athletically thing. He can do more things athletically than Philip Rivers. Uh, with this supporting cast around him, with the receivers and tight end, secondary, and the, and the strong D line that the Chargers have, uh, I think this is easily um, a team that will improve their record um, from eight, from at least eight and eight, at least eight and eight. And I know, and they play in a really good division with the Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. It, it, it may be tough, but I think they go at least eight and eight. So those are my over and unders um, for for those three AFC teams this year. Oh, those are my overs and unders. Uh, we're gonna continue to do more. We're gonna do the AFC first, NFC next. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I hope everybody is staying healthy and staying fine. We are out. Keep clicking, keep clicking. Um, like I said in the previous podcast, I had an interview at ABC Channel Seven. Uh, I will, I will put the link in the description uh, to that interview. I will put the link in the description for that interview um, at the bottom of the description. Whatever streaming platform that you use to listen to this podcast, it will be in the link of the description where it gives you a brief summary of what I'm talking about. That's the description box. The link will be right there below. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you guys for, you know, keep tuning in, keep listening. Uh, sports has been rough. No NBA basketball. We'll be, we'll, at this point, we'll probably be somewhere in the second round. Um, we'll probably be in the second round of the playoffs, uh, or close to the conference finals. Uh, yeah, heartbreaking, but it's okay. Uh, without further ado, thank you guys. Uh, two choices, one decision. Always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out. Thank you.